You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM with Munkiran and Natasha. And we are speaking to Brittany Graham of VANDU, which stands for the Vancouver Area Network of Drug Users, a community organization that is part of Our Streets, a block stewardship program. We're going to be talking about how tents and other structures are being removed from a stretch of East Hastings Street on Vancouver downtown Eastside that just started yesterday. I want to talk about the recent developments. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. So please tell us a little bit about just our streets, Vandu, and the work that you folks do. For sure. Um, So this is a collective group of folks that have come together who have been witnessing uh, the uh, harmful practice of removal of people's personal belongings uh, when they're street entrenched for a very long time. Um, In September of last year, uh, Vandu, uh, received a tiny amount of funding related to Homelessness Action Week, and we decided to take that money and follow the Street Sweeps team, so engineering and uh, BPD, who would do the daily street sweeps uh, and document what we saw, speak to the people who had stuff removed. And by the end of that Homelessness Action Week period, there was over $2,000 worth of uh taken from the residents that we spoke to uh, and so we wrote a report and gave that to the city and said that we believe that the, the practices of street sweeping needed to end and the campaign called hashtag and the street sweep began um, and since then we've been in conversations with the city uh, fairly regularly to write a report on how things could be different and create a community-led program um, to a uh, whole project sped um, up quite quickly once the police uh, decided without any community consultation or uh, city input to remove themselves within two weeks of the street food practice, giving no time for a community-led program that was fully developed to um, be, complete, uh, be created in that time period. So... That was in July 1st when they left, and we've been in that process of figuring out what um, the next steps look like without police in the daily involvement of uh, moving people from block to block. Um, because we know that it's not actually ending homelessness. It's not helping people find houses. It is just making homelessness more palatable to the average Vancouverite. Mm-hmm. And you're right, you know, it, it seems like especially these last couple of years, we're really noticing it more and more. And I guess the question I have for you, especially working in this is, what needs to be done to tackle this issue? Because of course, you remove this one encampment, like you said, there's more that are going to develop. So what needs to happen here? We need housing. Um, throughout the last month, BC housing has been almost silent on what uh, housing stock is available, what would be coming up, what are their plans for the future. Um, and this is not uncommon for them for the last uh, couple years. We don't have a plan around housing to increase the housing stock we ha- need for um, low-income individuals in Vancouver and the rest of BC. And this isn't just people who are homeless, etc. Most of the uh, single-room occupancy hotels who used to have rates of like 450, 500, which are still above the uh, welfare rate that people get. So people get $375 a month to go towards their rent. Um, 
So those hotels that were traditionally slightly above that rate are now uh, renting their rooms at like $900, $1,000. And these places don't have a full kitchen. They don't have a bathroom. They have to share a bathroom with other folks. And the people that are moving into these places are folks who would traditionally be able to afford, you know, a modest uh, bachelor suite. And so we're seeing across the board this shift in affordability and it's pushing people who are typically able to uh, purchase housing or rent housing out of the market and it's making it harder and harder for folks who are vulnerable, street and trend, uh, on disability, etc., to get into housing. And there is no plan to expand currently that we've heard from DC Housing. We've heard they're working on things every day, but never have a real conversation. And something else that I have heard from a number of advocates, too, is that even when you create housing, there's got to be certain types of housing. You know, I've heard there's like transitional housing. And then, like you said, there's the SROs. Do we have even housing like that? Because as we know, of course, that there are some people who do need a little bit more help and support. And just because you put them in a room, that's not enough. There's more that's needed. Yeah, supportive housing is, a, is great. Uh, transitional, modular, all of these things are a part of a, you know, a spectrum of affordable welfare rate housing that we need for our community. And beyond that, I think the thing that should be pointed out here is that a lot of the buildings that um, led to the fire order, uh, that their front doors are being blocked by um, tents currently, those buildings are unusable. They currently don't have any residents living in them. There are SROs that have been condemned and now currently are owned by the city. Um, and they're, so it's like, if they, these buildings were torn down, rebuilt to be social housing, there would be enough space for the current density on Hastings Street. So these are the ironies and frustrations that we're dealing with on a daily basis that the people who can't find housing because there literally isn't any on Hastings available are now being pushed off of the street um, because of the city that won't build their housing. Mm -hmm. And yesterday we did see it's kind of the beginning of this removal. And what happened there? What were some developments that went on? Well, I think that um, so in the evening or the afternoon after 2 o'clock, that was after the city engineer team had left for the day. And so that was a police-related a police incident and police-led incident. Um, for, but it is connected to the street sweeps and decampment of the day. Uh, we had told the city multiple times that it was too soon to bring in police for uh, oversight of the cleaning that city engineers could do this on their own with the support of community members or um, folks be able to start the process of cleaning those much larger priority areas. Um, unfortunately, they didn't listen to that. Uh, their plan as of August 8th was to have a small team of engineers, a small team of police officers supporting them, uh, and that that was it. There was no protest or counter-protest uh, 
a part of that. We uh, were sitting out and letting the process unfold to see what what the next steps would be. Um, I think they just were not prepared for how much political and media interest there would be in this project. And so there was significantly more people on the streets, um, significantly more media on the streets. And so that led to needing to a, a request from members of the community, uh, including the, the R Street team, to uh, block off that block because it was unsafe to have people in the road while um, cars are busying by on the one of the busiest streets of Vancouver. Um, and so that led to more police, and uh, then there was just more in the neighborhood. And there was a, an altercation at Carnegie that had nothing to do with the street cleaning, etc. There's just, you know, these are moments in our neighborhood where things escalate and things need to be de-escalated, but instead of that de-escalation, a man was hogtied and dragged into the street, and when people were concerned and tried to assist him, the police saw that as um, aggressive, and they started pushing and shoving and creating a line of um, protection for themselves, and within minutes, there were over 60 police officers in the Main and Hastings um, intersection. Mm, quite the situation there that did unfold. And I guess, you know, my next question for you, Brittany, is, I mean, who needs to get involved in solving this crisis of housing? Because, you know, we've got our three levels of government, and what tends to happen is one will push the responsibility onto the other, other but who needs to take responsibility here? Um, I mean, so we're in an election year currently, and I think that is something to point out. Uh, we have a race for a new mayor, and I think we need to remember that the police have been under uh, investigation by our communities to say, do we need this much policing? Do we need 60-plus police in uh, one square when there is no protest, there are only people walking down the street as normal. Um, and they're pulling out of the street sweep in June uh, led to the issues that we're in now. And they were hoping to make it look like police are needed, we need more safety, etc. What this actually did was make community come together. We've received, we've taken more garbage off the streets than before. There's more people trying to be a part of a movement to allow for our communities to grow, to have people who are living on the streets and people who are in residence to be together. We're pushing for washrooms and other amenities that haven't been there for decades. Um, we've acknowledged that in the last couple of weeks, as the police uh, have decided to move out, that there's not enough garbage cans on the street. There's not enough spaces for people to put their, their garbage. So how are we supposed to expect people to have a clean street um, if they don't have the amenities they actually need? And so I think that's the thing that we need to keep remembering here is that Everyone is coming into this as if it's a political issue, issue, and we're coming into it saying this is a community issue. 
community needs to remember that everyone is a part of our neighborhood. Everyone is a part of our society, and we cannot not look after the people who currently don't have homes. The interest rates are higher than ever. Gas prices are higher than ever. Food prices are higher than ever. The possibility of you, the individual person who has a job and is barely making it by, ending up in a shelter is greater than ever. And so if people could stop thinking of themselves as better than folks they see on the street and start seeing themselves as part of that community and assisting that and talking to their governments and saying, we want more housing, we need more housing. This is a demand that we have for this upcoming election. This is a demand we have for BC housing, people who are working for us. These are things that would be really helpful because we need more than the community that we have now to be speaking on these issues. Brittany, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? No, that's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. You take care.